Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kids Matter Podcast, the place where you and your church take the next steps in your kids' ministry journey. We know you love Kidman, and we want to give you the tools to succeed. Now, here's your hosts, Ryan Frank and Corey Jones. Hey, friends, welcome to the Kids Matter Podcast, episode number 59. Uh, Ryan Frank joined by Corey Jones. Corey, we're recording the podcast on International Podcast Day. Oh, look at that. We're so timely. Man, we are so timely. And full disclosure, I would have had no idea it was International Podcast Day if Corey had not texted me this morning and said, hey, it's International Podcast Day. Corey, how did you know it was International Podcast Day? I knew it the same way I know all of my news. Twitter. <laughs> From, oh, I thought you were going to say the presidential debate last night. But no, Twitter? No. Okay. All right. Let's not talk about the presidential debate last night. Let's talk about podcasts for a minute. Uh, we sure do appreciate y'all listening to the, the Kids Matter podcast. We have a brand new podcast that's part of the Kids Matter podcast network that launches today. Today, it's a good Corey, day to launch. It is. It is the Kid Men Huddle podcast. It is brought to you by Amber Pike. Amber Pike is the editor of Kids Matter magazine. She has written books. She travels and speaks. She is a family ministry pastor working, overseeing kids, teenagers, young adults. She's got quite a job, and she's created a brand new podcast. Corey, I've already listened to it, and it's a good one. So you can find this at kidsmatter.com. You go there, you'll see a link to it. Or anywhere you listen to podcasts, look for the Kid Men Huddle. Have you, I'm excited for you to listen to it, Corey. Amber's done a great job, and she's gonna put she's gonna make this a weekly podcast. She shared with me her lineup for the next eight weeks. She's got a great lineup of podcasts coming. That's awesome. I will definitely be subscribing. Do it. Do it. All right. Today in I Love Kidman, I wanted to introduce you to a conversation that I loved. Jeff Mack posted saying, what's like the weirdest thing a kid has prayed in your class? And man, uh, right. Let me make sure you get this link. I want you to see some of these things. Maybe we could go back uh, and forth because they're hilarious. Great. Uh, yeah, one of Ashley, the first ones that caught my eye was Miss Ashley Holden said uh, that one boy consistently thanked God for cheese. Not that he had any at the church, he was just for cheese's existence. I thought that that was hilarious. <laughs> and couldn't you hear little kids saying that? Oh, I could hear this next one too. I don't know if Stephanie's making this up or not. Stephanie Flournoy, she said that she has a kid in her ministry that asked for prayer for the boo-boo on her dad's butt. True story. The boo-boo on her dad's butt. I wonder if it, the dad was the preacher, because that would make it even better. Uh, wouldn't it make it great? It'd Let's make see. It great. Stephanie Moses saying, uh, praying at the end of kids' worship uh, Sunday school. Dear God, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Please let Sunday school be better than it has been. <laughs> Wow. Kids are honest. That's the thing. They are brutally honest. Um, wow. All right. Tassie Green said she had one that thanked God for ketchup every week. Aaron said, as for prayer for that the stormtroopers would get saved. Pray for those storm. I don't know. Are you allowed to pray for stormtroopers to get saved? I don't know if I, I don't. I know stormtroopers are like Star Wars, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. I think the Lord understands. Okay. Uh, Bruce Fensler said, oh, this one's cute. I like it. My daughter once prayed for God, like praying for God, that he uh, would have a good day. I think that's cute. I love that. I love it. Uh, Tammy Boyd said, not weird, but the most memorable child was earnestly praying for a baby brother or sister and asking others to pray with her when she was six years old and then got a baby sister about a year and a half later. Isn't that neat? That is awesome. I love these prayers. Um, it's a good mixture. You should go read through the whole thread. Some of them will crack you up. Some of them will give you goosebumps. Um, just knowing the heart of kids and that God, our Father, listens to their prayers. There's no junior Holy Spirit. I love, love, love reading through this post. So go check it out. Share with us a prayer that you have heard in your class. I think uh, it'll be a great conversation. Hey, over at kidsmatter.com, we've got some great new downloads on this site, uh, including a few that I'm going to mention right now and a few that Corey will mention right now. Do you realize that you can get downloadable games, countdown timers, worship videos, curriculum, teaching videos, um, training for families, training for your volunteers? There's all kinds of great downloads. Now, Corey, there's a couple games that are new this week that have really got my attention. I think they're pretty fun. Uh, one of the games is called the Bible Color Hunt. It's kind of like, um, it, now that I've mentioned Bible Color Hunt, did I mention this one last week, Corey? All of a sudden, now I feel like I might have mentioned this one last week. Well, I know about the game. I don't remember if I know about it from so, you. If I mentioned it last week, I'm going to mention it again. It's kind of like sword drills, but it's a little bit different. The kids follow the instructions on the screen, and they look up a verse to find out the color of a certain object. There's also a series of games on the screen right now called uh, Which One is Different? Which One is Different? There are four or five of these. I think there are five of them mm -hmm. where different images pop up on the screen and the kids have to guess which is different. Just kind of a fun guessing game. It's a great crowd breaker or the next time you need to stretch the clock. Now, Corey, Ryan, what are your... I, I got to be honest, I played that which game is different, and it was harder than I thought. And it is harder of, than you I was think. like, oh, uh, it was the apple one. I was like, I think it's this apple, because I thought it was a different shaded color, but it wasn't. It was a different stem, <laughs> but I got it right. Nice, nice. All right, let's see. Games that I want to suggest. Um, so I, I made a couple new ones. Uh, name that sand sound animal edition second version ryan was telling me about how name that sound animal edition was just one of the best selling games and so we created a second version it's only five dollars and your kids will love it i crack up making it so i'm sure you'll enjoy the final product it's a great one it's a great one your name that sound animal edition volume one it's been a bestseller for weeks and weeks now, people love that game they're gonna love the second version too Second one is a make it or break it pet edition. Um, in this episode of it, uh, there's just the same kind of thing where you're watching a clip and eventually pauses and you kind of got to bet whether you think it's going to be a make it clip, the animal's going to do something really cool or a fail if the pet's going to 
I don't know, go crashing through the door or something like that. But there's 10 videos. So like this is a game that you could even play over two weeks for the price of one. So go check it out. Make it or break it. Pet edition. It's an awesome one. All these games and more over at kidsmatter.com. Go check them out. Hey, we want to thank Faith and Family Box for being the sponsor of the Kids Matter podcast, episode number 59. If you've not been to faithandfamilybox.com, you really need to get over there. The Faith and Family Box is a subscription box for families where kids, parents come together and have a fun, faith-filled night once a month. Now, Beth and I are subscribed to the Faith and Family Box. We love it. Our girls love it. And I know the parents in your children's ministry will love it. Now, next week is Megacon, and I have a promo code. I'm going to go ahead and share it with you right now. You can get 20% off your order with the promo code Megacon20, M-E-G-A-C-O-N-2-0. Get 20% off your next order. Get a subscription box for your family. Get one to bless some of the families in your church. If you're looking for something to give this fall, you're not able to do your trunk or treat like you normally could or your fall outreach, you could just order the October box and save 20% with the promo code Megacon2020. Again, the website, faithandfamilybox.com. Today in our episode, Ryan Frank is going to be sharing five things that you need to get right in your first 12 months of ministry. So whether it's like your very first 12 months or you've moved to a new church and you're starting a new 12 months, there's things that you need to get right. And so lean in, take some notes, and let's see what these five things are. Hey, thank you, Corey. Yeah, you know what, whether you're brand new to church or whether you're brand new in children's ministry, or whether you feel like you just need a restart, I've got five things you really need to focus on your first 12 months. Your first 12 months are critical, and it's important that you get a few things right. Number one, focus on building relationships. Listen, there, yes, there are programming things you need to figure out, but your priority the first 12 months need to be the people. Focus more on the people than the program. Spend some time getting to know the kids. Remember, ministry is about people. So get to know those kids. Get to know those families. Get to know those volunteers. Spend some time interacting with the church staff. If you study the ministry of Jesus, Jesus got to know people. He got to know them. And so one of your main priorities during year one needs to be getting to know those people. Now, Ryan, when do I make changes to the program? Well, you can start making some tweaks to the program in the first 12 months, but I wouldn't make it your focus. I'd focus on making program changes in year two. Now, you don't want to wait much more than 24 months to start making program changes, or you've really waited too long, so you don't want to wait too long, but spend some time at the beginning getting to know people. Spend some time on the phone. 
having some meetings, if you can, taking some people to coffee, building your team, finding out who are the people in the ministry that I rely on the most, and really invest in those relationships. Number two, build a team. This is so important during the first 12 months of ministry. Build a team. This is the biblical model. Remember, you can't do ministry alone. You need people, and you need to identify who is my core, who are my core people. What is my core team going to look like? Now, maybe you step into a new ministry, and you're like, man, I don't have much of a team. There's nobody here. Well, you need to start building a team. If there's already a team, you need to strengthen that team. And let me go back and speak to those of you that maybe you don't feel like you have a team. Maybe you've just taken a new position. Maybe you, your pastor just asked you, has started to ask you to lead. And here I am now, I'm the director, I'm the pastor, and I feel like I'm all alone. Start building that team. And how do you do it? You do it one person at a time. Yeah, you know what? You might want to have six people on your core team, but you don't try to get all six at one time. You recruit one at a time. And this is why it's so important to start building those relationships. Because before people want to join your team, they want to get to know you. Before people will start giving you a bunch of their time, they need to know that you are giving them your heart and that you are invested in who they are and you're genuinely interested in getting to know them. So build a team. Build a team. From the very beginning, make that a priority. I know it can be lonely at the top, but you know what? You don't need to be at the top by yourself. Have people with you and make it your goal that during these first 12 months, I really want to strengthen a team and build a team. That team may just be two of us. It might be three of us. It might be four of us, but I'm going to invest in my team. And once you have that team, friends, spend time with those people. Invest in that relationship. You're going to invest more time in your core team than all your other volunteers. Now, everybody deserves some of your time, but your core team, they need most of your time. Number three, manage your time wisely. Oh, during those first 12 months, you're going to be busy. There's going to be a lot to do. There's going to be a lot of people to get to know. There's going to be a lot that you're going to have to learn. So it's going to be very important that you stay organized. Now, listen, you need to spend some time reading Jim Weidman books. You need to get your hand on some John Maxwell books. You need to listen to Sam Chand and others that will help you get organized and put systems and structures in place to help you get things done. You know, every day we make choices and we choose what our priorities are gonna be for the day. Am I gonna spend time on social media? Am I gonna spend time, uh, you know, doing lesson prep? Am I gonna spend time on the phone? Am I gonna spend time planning? What am I gonna do each day? And you need to choose what you're gonna do each day by creating priorities. You live by your priorities at the end of the day. And I live by my priorities. 
And during those first 12 months of ministry, it is crucially important that you manage your time wisely and that you do your best every day with the Lord's help to set the right priorities. Number four, here's a fourth thing I want you to really focus on during those first 12 months of ministry, and that is getting parents on board. Getting parents on board. Yes, you're a children's pastor. Yes, you're a kid men leader. Yes, you want those kids to like you and you want Sundays to be exciting. Yes, you want to spend time on that curriculum. But you need to remember that part of your job as a children's ministry leader is to partner with mom and dad. And so get parents on board. Create, do some meetings. And I know during this pandemic, you might need to do Zoom meetings, but do some meetings. Ask parents for feedback. Maybe you ought to create a Facebook group for your parents or create a podcast just for the parents in your church. What can you do to really get mom and dad on board? Now, you don't need to obsess about connecting with every parent in your church. You're never going to connect with them all. There's always going to be a few that you have a hard time connecting with. But what you're wanting to do is you're wanting to remember from the very beginning during those first 12 months that the more on board mom and dad are, the more successful my ministry is going to be. It'll make your job a lot easier. It'll also make your ministry a lot more fruitful. The research indicates and tells us from groups like Barna and Fuller Seminary and Awana and Orange and Lifeway and other respectable organizations that discipleship happens best in the life of a child when parents and the church work together. So getting parents on board, not only going to make your job easier, but it's going to make your ministry more fruitful. Finally, number five, I want you to work on this during those first 12 months of ministry, and that is keep open lines of communication with your pastor. You know, don't let your pastor know what you're working on. You don't have to barrage him with minute-to-minute -minute updates. He doesn't have to know about every email you send and everything that you're working on. But he is interested in your growth. I promise you that as a new ministry leader. He wants to hear what your struggles are and what your challenges are. He wants to hear about the victories. And so keep open lines of communication. You don't want to keep your pastor in the dark. And if you're going to choose between under communicating and over communicating to your pastor, just not sure how much to communicate, I would err on the side of over communicating. Let your pastor know what's going on. Now, let me wrap up before I pass the mic back over to Corey. It isn't Corey an amazing co-host. We love Corey Jones. Um, as you are in your first 12 months of ministry, remember, don't go at it alone. Don't go at it alone. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Thanks for being a part of Kids Matters I Love Kid Men Facebook community. If you're not a part of that community, you really need to be. Thanks for attending conferences like Megacon and subscribing to magazines like Kids Matter. Make sure that you find other kids pastors and ministry leaders in your area and go to lunch, go to coffee, get their phone number and send them some text messages from time to time. Don't go at it alone. Because listen, one of the things the enemy will try to do, friends, 
is he'll try to get you discouraged. And I'm convinced today more than ever that the number one tool that the enemy uses in the lives of children's workers, like yourself and myself, is he uses the tool of discouragement. And if he can get you discouraged, if he can get your eyes on the people, on the problems, on the challenges, on the hurdles, and if he can get you discouraged, he's got you exactly where he wants you. So one of the best ways to beat discouragement is to lock arms with others. And remember that you're not alone. Corey, there are five things to do during the five first 12 months of ministry. I hope that this was a help to some of you that are listening to the podcast today. So focus on building relationships, build a team. You can't do it alone. Manage your yep. time, get parents on board, keep open lines of communication with your pastor. Ryan, you said this were things for your first 12 months, but honestly, I think these are things that we should always be keeping at the forefront yeah. of us. That's probably and true. Now, in this uh, current world of COVID-19, um, mm. is there is there like maybe a six that you would add or something that you would tweak to one of those five to maybe help in the specific time? Yeah. You know, these are crazy days. And I, I, I talk to people all the time that, Hey, I started this job as a children's pastor, then COVID struck. And man, this is a rough first 12 months. Uh, but yet so many of you are, are doing well. I think at the end of the day, during a pandemic like this, one of the best things you can work on every day is just connecting with people, connecting with people, um, your kids, your volunteers, your parents, um, your leaders, just connecting with them. Yeah, you know what? Um, you're, you're doing Zoom stuff and pre-recorded services and you're doing all this stuff and that's all good. You need to do that. You're planning for a comeback if your church hasn't come back together on Sundays yet. But in the meantime, one of the best things you can do, connect with people and don't overthink it. Who's somebody I can call every day? I'm just going to choose. I'm going to make five phone calls a day just to connect with people. If you make five phone calls a day, Corey, that is 35 phone calls a week. That's 140 phone calls, people that you connected with every month. Um, by just carving a few minutes out of your schedule and choosing to contact some people. So send some cards, send some text messages, um, maybe even on your way home, stop and visit somebody. You might have to stay off the front porch because of social distancing, but just connect with people. People need connections. They need you to connect with them and to love them and to lead them, although it looks different during these days. So make that a priority every day. Hey, before we go, friends, next week is Megacon. Now, I hate it we can't meet in Nashville, Tennessee like we do every year. It's awesome when several thousand people get in that auditorium and we worship together and we learn together and we get to rub shoulders with all those resource providers. We've had to move online this year because of COVID, and we've got a great number of you that are, are registered. Uh, we'd, and we'd love to have you if you're not signed up. Go to kidmennation.com. There is a complimentary ticket that you can receive to take part of all of the training, but you need to get signed up. Corey, we're still doing 120 breakouts. They're, in, they're all happening. They're all happening live during the week. That's awesome. Yeah. And we decided we're using Zoom. We looked at different programs, but we don't want to have to teach 5,000 people 
a new program and hope that they all get it downloaded. Everybody knows how to use Zoom these days. So it'll all be on Zoom, but to get the instructions, you need to get registered. So go to KidmanNation.com, invite your team to join uh, with all the great training that's happening at no cost. You really need to be there and your team needs to be there. The website, KidmanNation.com. Friends, it's been a great podcast. Corey, thanks so much. Thank you all who listen. Please share the podcast. I know every week we ask you to rate the podcast and review it, but one thing you could do is share it. If you're part of a children's ministry network, part of a denomination, part of a regional group, and you have a Facebook group, or you have an email list, or you're, content, you're talking to these other kids, pastors, and ministry leaders, would you do me a favor? It'd mean the world if you would just send a message and say, hey, I listen to the Kids Matter podcast every week, and you should too. Share the podcast. It sure would mean the world. We'll be back next week. We're going to do a Megacon issue, not an issue, an episode. We're going to do a Megacon episode of the Kids Matter podcast next week. You don't want to miss it. It'll be episode number 60. Thank you, Corey. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time.